Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello. This is a modern proposal. It's a podcast. We're currently streaming directly to your ear holes about horrible problems our current world is facing, and then some even worse solutions to solve them. I'm your host, Parker James. I am joined today by Kayla from the Stoner Chicks podcast. That's some fucking NPR shit right there. Like, that was the goal there. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, how are you doing on this fabulous difference in time zones? I'm doing great, Parker. It is mid-afternoon for me here in Seattle. Thanks so much for having me on. And yeah, I was going to say that your intro was very NPR-esque. Thank you. I'm going to confuse the fuck out of the old people driving in the car soon. Um, I'm <laughs> like, wait, I've never heard this NPR version before. <laughs> okay, so can you tell us a little bit about your uh, background in life, your podcast, uh, some, I don't know, good advice, just something to let the people know who you are? Sure. My background is I'm a theater performer and I met the stoner, my fellow stoner chicks through doing improv comedy in Seattle. Um, we've all met through doing various shows, various comedy things. We just kind of ran in the same circles. And uh, once we, you know, stoners always kind of find each other, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. like <laughs> in communities, you know, so we just found ourselves kind of smoking and hanging out then doing some stoned improv which was we started doing kind of probably around like 2015 2014 and uh weed was still recently legal in Washington and I think we might have been in one of the first kind of legal weed shows in the country probably and you're from Colorado so you know the drill yeah, I am from Colorado, although we still don't quite have that legal yet. It's just called date, bringing a dab pen to the comedy club. <laughs> You're just fucking ripping that shit in the bathroom. But that's neither here nor there. That's not where I am. The ether reality, there's no laws here. You do whatever you want. Um, okay, so we spoke a little bit off mic about your hate of legumes, the beans, yeah. not, the, uh, not the body of water. So I have a follow-up <laughs> question for you. Uh, what do you think about the meat and dairy industry? I... One thing that rubs me, well, there's a lot of things that rub me the wrong way about the meat and dairy industry. First of all, it's, a, I mean, the only thing I know about it is its ethics are beyond questionable, working conditions bad for the humans, torture and killing situations bad for the animals. Oh, yeah. But remember in like the 90s or early 2000s when we had the food pyramid at school? Yeah, and then finding out like a decade later that that was all just bullshit and the meat and dairy industry paid to be on that food pyramid so we would buy more of it thinking we need it for our health and we don't. Yeah, well, I mean, like we had the whole Got Milk ad campaign, which to my international listeners, Got Milk was a government funded ad campaign, which was advertising the concept of milk, not like a <laughs> brand, not like 
oh, like this farm is so good because they they give their cows beef. I, I don't know. That's fucked up. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, it's just like the concept of milk. So if you haven't guessed by now, we're doing an episode about the meat and dairy industry. <laughs> Can you imagine if there was a got milk campaign about like breast milk, like human milk? <laughs> they were you just know, like, it's funny you mentioned that. <laughs> Uh-oh. Here we no, go. No, we're not talking about that today. Uh, no, there's a there's an interesting show on Netflix called um, Unwell. I uh, know exactly what you're talking about, the yeah. breast milk episode. Yeah, it's fucking weird. And I'm like, just, ugh. I mean, listen, all I'm saying is if I had, if I had titties and I could, you know, sell it for more than like, like, you know, ounce per ounce, more than weed, I'd probably do that too. I would too. I mean, if you have it. <laughs> yeah, like what, what are you gonna do with gonna... it? Just throw it away? Yeah, it's don't throw it away. Wasteful. It's food waste. We're not talking yeah. about that today though. So, um, unless you were born into like a hippie cult or a follower of like a Hindu religion or anything in India, chances are you do consume meat or dairy on a fairly regular basis or have at some point in your life. And now before we get into this, I want to make this crystal clear. I don't have any problems with anybody going vegetarian or vegan. Unless you're a raw vegan, in which case, I'm sorry, you were scammed and you're not the brightest because you need nutrients and cooking things help you get more nutrients. It doesn't matter. We're, I'm getting down that rabbit hole. <laughs> However, if you don't want to eat delicious baby cow flesh, that's fine. However, do enjoy meat. I've been a chef for, my, for like six years uh, before this. I've butchered animals before. I know it goes into it. It is fucked up. But like, I mean, like veal? Yeah, I've never yeah. had veal that I know of, but... Ah, oh, you gotta try it. Get it like, get it like, breaded like a chicken cutlet. Pour some red, <laughs> pour some fucking red wine and like roux on that shit. Oh my god. So today, are we gonna just trash the meatpacking industry and then talk about how much we love to eat meat? Because uh, steak is probably my favorite food. Oh, absolutely. Like, <laughs> there's a reason that like humans um, evolved in the way that we did, and it's because like. Some asshole jerked off a couple sticks, made fire, and then we could cook meat. And we're like, oh, this is better now. Yeah. I mean, there, but there's, you know, ethical ways about procuring your meat. It's just that most people don't take the time or, and it's probably cost prohibitive as well. But to be able to pay to slaughter a cow it, and keep it in your freezer is probably a lot. It's cheaper in the long run, actually. My parents do this, like, every year where it's, like, they know a couple of um, ranchers and they will just buy, like, an entire pig and then, like, a quarter of a cow and then just, like, get all the cuts. And they put it in, like, an outdoor freezer and then throughout their entire year they have meat and I think it breaks down to being, like, 33% cheaper. Damn. However, this is going to suck a lot. Dumb is getting right into this. Um, so, like, we all know at least a general understanding of like the animal cruelty, all the drugs they pump full of the animals, how many emissions it produces. But factory farming is actually better for emissions. Tell me more. So according to a study done by Matthew N. Heingick and Rachel D. Garrett in the environmental research papers on July 25th in 2018, they found that basically factory farming is better for the environment because if you only feed cows grass, they A, live longer, it takes up more space, and you need to clear-cut more forests for them to have space to move around. Uh, it produces 43% more methane and 30% like more cattle are needed to meet the current meat de uh, demands. So if you just factory farm them, cruelty aside, like ethics aside, 
we would save so many emissions, like bring them way down because they don't have to move. We don't need to have, we don't need a clear cut forest. So we can plant more trees. They don't need to truck in as much food because we can give them like super fast growing, like we can give them super fast growing food and it just goes right to them, right? It's like they're locked into like a feeding station and they stand there and they eat and shit and eat and shit and then they die. And like that takes less time than grass fed. It's fucked up, but like that's what the research says. Like it's better to yeah. factory farm for the environment. If that's true, that fucking sucks. And really the I only know, right? solution, the only solution is to just not eat cows or cheese. <laughs> Yeah, but no I mean, cow like, products. steak. <laughs> I know, dude. It's unfortunate. <laughs> Maybe yeah. we can just, like, raise the younger generation to grow up without that, and they won't know what they're missing, and we could just eliminate it that way. Perhaps, but uh, you ever heard of a comp- uh, an organization called Our World in Data? No. Basically, Our World in Data is, like, they just try to get stats on literally everything. They're run by a bunch of different universities across the globe. Uh, they're not for profit. They are you know, 99.9% factual. They're a really good company. And what they found was that this past year, roughly 86% of people said that they eat meat. 86, okay. 86. We also produced three times uh, the, like the, qual- the quantity of meat than we did 50 years ago. 2018, milk production was around 340 million metric tons. It's 1,000 liters of milk or about 400 gallons per wow. ton, right? Pig has increased and poultry has increased like the, like the most of the past like 10 years. 80, 80 billion animals are slaughtered each year for, uh, for meat consumption. The average person in the world consumed about 43 kilograms or about 88 pounds of meat in 2014. And this ranges from 100, 100 kilograms or 220 pounds of meat in the US and Australia to only 5 kilograms per person in India. It's roughly 10 pounds. Wow. And uh, as the world keeps getting richer, more people want meat because traditionally meat was not something that you got very often. It would be once a month, special occasions, holidays. Most of the time you're eating vegetables and some dairy products and that's it. Hmm. So that's cool. <laughs> that's yeah. really fun. 80 billion, dude. That is horrendous. Yeah, it's not. It's not. A, I mean, hey, if it makes you feel any better. Some of them are only live for like six weeks. Oh, God, like the little chicken nuggies. They're so good, though. I mean, like, don't try to tell me. I know what your show's about. Don't try to tell me that you've been high as shit at 3 a.m. You're like, but, like, do we have dino nugs? Oh, dude, yeah, love the dino nugs. At Stoner Chicks Podcast, we are big corn dog people. Although that, we'll get into that in a minute. Oh, God, I'm scared. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy, howdy. Okay, so, now... As we already know about like all like the horrible things, I want to take a better look at the really weird effects that this shit's had. Um, and for that, to start off, we have to look at a certain government con- artificially controlling the dairy market. Can you guess which one it is? USA. USA. It's surprisingly not. They do come into this in a minute, but it's actually not them. It's the frozen winter wastelands of Canada. I was going to, that was my second guess. Yeah. <laughs> Which, total side note, like any of you Canadian listeners, hit me up on Twitter. Prove to me that you're not Russia with gay rights. Hmm. Okay. Right? okay. I'll unpack that later. <laughs> no, think about it. They're, they're both alcoholics. They both love hockey and they love to fight. Mm. But one of them has gay rights. 
I mean, that is a plus. Yeah, like, hey, LGBTQ+, we got you, fam. Here at Modern <laughs> Proposal, we support whatever you want. Whatever you want to fuck, that's, that, that's for you. Just make sure they consent and they're of age. Okay, so what do you know about this uh, Canadian dairy controlling market, also known as their dairy cartel? I swear to God, that's how people talk about it. What the fuck? I don't know anything about that, except the only thing I know is that milk is cheaper in the U.S. and everyone from Vancouver drives over the border into the U.S. to buy milk at Costco for their entire neighborhood. So if you are in Bellingham, Washington, and you go to Costco, the Canadians have giant carts full of milk. <laughs> it's, like, it's like 15 gallons of milk, and it's like, what? Where are you yeah, from, man? Like, <laughs> they have rules about how much milk you can buy at Costco here. <laughs> they do. They also have it on the border as well. Because of a really weird thing called the Canadian Dairy Commission, or CDC for our purposes, which is going to be rather confusing. I might kind of jump in a little bit with the, C- with the Canadian Dairy Commission, but like, that's a fucking mouthful yeah. of milk. Okay, so <laughs> basically this Canadian CDC, they fix prices... And they overcharge the average consumer a total of $2.6 billion a year, according to a write-up by the National Post. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's rather cool. The dairy cartel. And, okay, They're, this is starting to make sense. Yeah, and so the long short of it is that the dairy cartel... Hold on, I got, it's getting kind of hot in this room. I got to take, uh, take off this hoodie. Okay. I could use, I could use some milk. <laughs> well, Parker's stripping That's down. Get out of this, don't worry. <laughs> no, we're Ugh. leaving this shit in, buddy. Okay. I'm getting a strip tease. <laughs> I'm sorry. Nothing. Okay, cool. Um. Okay, so the long short of this is basically the CDC can just like go to farmers, ask them how much that they like want to charge for milk and cheese and other dairy products, uh, and then they just say yes. And then they also impose a 245% import tariff on any dairy products from the United States. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so that people in Canada are not buying U.S. milk unless they go over the border. Yeah, pretty much. And it's like, that's why people go down to the U.S. to buy like really weird things. Like booze makes sense because everybody wants cheap booze. I, I get how that works. But like what you just said about Canadians going to Costco right across the border uh, from Vancouver to be like, all right, I got an hour drive. Who needs milk? <laughs> yep. You know, like that's that's a weird thing. Like people are now having to like talk about carbon emissions. People have to drive two hours to get milk because the Canadian Dairy Commission is saying, fuck you guys. You're buying our milk. And that's it. And now next year on January 1st, 2022. The uh, CDC is going to have another price hike for Canadian dairy products from 8.4 to 12.4% based on what the product is. Wow. For reference, most economists agree that 2 to 4% inflation per year is like a healthy amount because that's like, you know, it's like, you know, infinite growth keeps the economy going. People are getting paid more, blah, 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 blah. That is double to triple the normal pricing, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's. I didn't realize that was the reason. It's because milk is cheaper here. Well, that makes uh, actually all the sense. Why the fuck else would you do it unless Canadian milk tasted bad or something? 
It's pretty good, to be fair. Like, I've spent some time in Canada. It's, it's pretty good. Here's another problem with this, right? It's like, yeah, I thought it sucks for the consumer. You don't have to cut down on your dairy you know, consumption, or you have to spend a fuck ton of money in gas driving from the U.S. back to Canada. But not everybody gets to do that. A lot of people don't have cars. What about restaurants? And are having to increase their prices about what people you know, find normal, and then they stop going to that restaurant, and then that puts 10 people out of a job. Mm. The shops now have to charge more, which then means that a lot of their milk is going to go spoiled because people can't afford two, three, four dollar gallons of milk. Right? And so it's like by them wanting to do this, they're getting fucked. And because the Canadian government is in, it, it is in essence, in my personal opinion, endorsing this horrific price hike. Yeah, I was just going to say, why aren't, why aren't any restrictions being put on these dairy farmers? Like, who, who are these, these psychos at the top of this food chain here? <laughs> Um, it's the CDC because they get a cut. So basically the way that it works is that they have like a quota that these dairy farmers need to meet, right? Like for example, they have, you know, Joe Bob in North of Vancouver that he wants to sell a hundred gallons to the Canadian Dairy Commission because then they sell it back to print. Like, like some of it gets sold to them. Some of it goes directly to market. It's way too complicated to get into today because we have things to talk about. But basically Joe Bob wants to sell a hundred gallons to the Canadian market. The CDC will give him a quota to be like, you can sell 100 gallons. It costs this amount of money. And then you decide what price you want. And then we get X percent. Okay. There you go. There, that's it. So there's incentive on the sellers. Yeah, because it's like, because it's not a flat fee. It's a percentage. So if they charge more, the CDC gets more money. Mm-hmm. And um, the store gets more money, I guess. Not really, though. Because it's okay. like, yeah, cause, because the store still has to, like, they could buy it at wholesale, but now mm -hmm. that wholesale costs more, then they have to sell it more per head, and then people won't buy it as much because, it's, especially nowadays during the, like, you know, the times of plague, people aren't making as much money. There's weird restrictions going on, you may not, like, right, because it's like, in a couple months, we could get fucked by some new variant from, from you know, from Corona, and then all coffee shops have to shut. Okay, great. And well, they have 400 gallons of milk on the way, and they can't cancel the order. What the fuck do they do with it? They can give it away, oh, I shit. guess, to be like good people, but they can't sell it back. They can't sell it on because no one wants that much milk. They have to pour it out or take the hit. So now it's like $1,000 just right down the drain. And for a lot of these shops, like restaurants and cafes work on 2 to 3% margins. Yeah. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Fuck. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> it's like breast milk. You don't want to just throw yeah. that shit away. Yeah, you don't just throw that shit away. You sell it to weightlifters. It's simple. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, the weightlifter in that. Oh, oh well. my god, that's so <laughs> fucking weird. Yeah, it was. Uh, so yeah, 
like these are the things that people aren't talking about. These are the things that people aren't like, you know, like they're not really like betting into it. And people aren't like, yeah, people like, you know, like, ah, oh, Canada's weird. Like they have this weird cartel for milk. And it's like, well, no, that affects every aspect of normal life. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because it almost stopped Canada from being part of the TPP or the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Oh. Isn't yeah. that weird, right? Like, Is that because that... they were refusing the import of any other milk? Yep. Oh. <laughs> That's literally it. In 2015, several members of the U.S. Congress penned a letter directly threatening Canada that, if, that they can't join the TPP if they don't drop the 245% tariffs. <laughs> On the titty On milk. U.S. <laughs> <laughs> On cow titty juice, yes. <laughs> oh, well, and God. cheese, too. I don't want to be unfair here. Um, right. And now I'm going to, this is a rather telling quote from a Vice article written by Justin Lang on July 22nd, 2015. Quote, it is critical that Canada finally commits to the work left undone in our prior agreements and finally commits to significant and commercially meaningful access for remaining agricultural products. The letter addressed to Canada's ambassador to Washington reads, quote, it'll be difficult for us to support Canada's inclusions in the TPP if significant new dairy access is not part of the deal. End quote. All right. Well, fair enough. Yeah. You can't right? sit with us, Canada. Your cheese <laughs> imports are too expensive. <laughs> it's basically just a bunch of babies in Congress being like, but I want to sell my chalky milk. <laughs> Why don't they want to? Like, <laughs> they go into like the weird homeschool kid and be like, yo, got chalky milk. And he's like, nah, my mom makes it. It's better <laughs> than yours. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> all right yeah yeah and like of course like i mean canada's still in the tpp trump withdrew from it so that's a weird you know turntables turning but yeah so we're not in it you're the u.s no we're not in it anymore and it's like that's actually now from my understanding i can't say with certainty because i'm not a trade economist that's part of the reason why a lot of our supply line like line issues are happening is because the tpp basically made it that it's like you don't have to like dock at port. You just get to like bring things in. There's no tariffs. There's, you know, like everybody has to trade all their different products for like way cheaper. Like for example, Canada gets to sell like their natural gas reserves to Vietnam in exchange for clothing and phones. And like, it, mm-hmm. personally, I think free trade is good because then everybody gets good shit sometimes. Mm-hmm. And every country gets to have more economic access and movement for people. So, I mean, there, there is a lot to like have happen here but the long short of it is congress got pissed at canada for not being able to sell milk in their borders <laughs> hilarious i don't want to spend too much time on the history of factoring of uh, factory farming because we kind of know like what it is at least most people do um but i think it's important to talk about this because it shows a little bit of like the human toll on this industry and like kind of like where it came from and why it's still not better right mm-hmm. so before we get into it what do you know about it about the we're we're moving on to meat packing oh we're moving on to meat packing oh <laughs> yeah um all i i mean it's been in the news a lot the last couple of years because of how shitty the working conditions are for the people um obviously the animal ethics is shitty too um i don't know it sounds like it's gotten out of hand and maybe <laughs> maybe we should rethink it i don't know i guess 
those are my thoughts. Pretty good thoughts, honestly. Yeah, we really should rethink it. Um, and this horrible thing, especially when Tyson CEOs are betting on who's going to get COVID or not. Yeah, uh, started. that fucking sucked. Yeah, that was, come on. Like, now, I'm not one for violence, but I think there are some people that should be beaten to death with a flip-flop. <laughs> flip-flop. Yeah, flip-flop. Absolutely. Like, how degrading is that? Where it's like, here's this dirty sandal. That's the last thing you see is a fucking rainbow sandal coming over your face. Or yeah. a Birkenstock. I'm, you know, I'm an inclusive guy. So, but like, like these Tyson CEOs, we have Britain to blame for fucking the world in this regard. Oh, do we? Okay. Yeah, we do. In 1947, the UK granted subsidies to farmers to encourage greater output by introducing new technology. Basically, they were just giving people money to be like, let's figure out how to make beef and pig faster. You know, like more pig, more beef, a lot faster. Mm-hmm. And the whole point was just to like reduce Britain's reliance on imported meat. And uh, this is what the UN had to say about this. Quote, Intensification of animal production was seen as a way of providing food security. In 1966, the United States, United Kingdom, and other industrialized nations commenced factory farming of beef and dairy cattle and domestic pigs for wider consumption and a lesser inclusion of imported meats. End quote. Okay, so what's the deal? Did England come up with some new torture device for animals that we've now adopted or something? Yeah, basically the, the concept of a feedlot. Okay. Fuck yeah. you, England. Yeah, no. Oh, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of reasons to fuck England. This is just like adding to the list of fuck you, England. I don't have any listeners <laughs> yeah. in England yet, so I'm okay. <laughs> I, Come at me on Twitter, an- bitch, I dare you. <laughs> a lot of my ancestors are England English. Yeah? I just did my ancestry, so... Ooh, I guess fun. I can't say fuck England too far too hard. Yeah. <laughs> well, my answers are Ukrainian, so I can say fuck England. <laughs> yeah, I guess my mine are Scottish and Irish, so I guess I You can, can also too. say fuck England? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so now I do have to be fair here. This practice has helped feed so much of the world. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like it's giving people access to a lot more meat, which is it can be a good thing because a pound of meat's going to last a lot longer for somebody than a pound of potatoes, right? Where it's like if, if your only food was meat or your only food was potatoes, a pound of potatoes would feed you for two meals. A pound of meat could feed you for three or four meals, right? Mm. So it's like not only is it slightly better for emissions to have local factory farms, as we talked about before, but it's also feeding more people across the planet. And that's why it's such like a tricky issue to be like well should the governments be giving you know these horrific cattle farmers money when it feeds people right like when yeah. it brings prices down to a affordable level where it's like if you're you know a working class person you're like well i can pay for rent or i can pay for like you know like i can pay for rent or i can skip the water bill this month but i still got to eat like everyone has to eat and humans are kind of in disagreement about the ethics of this, of like, are humans that much more important than animals? Yeah. And then a lot of humans believe, no, that's, they're, we're not more important than animals. Yeah. Um, but guess who's in charge of the meatpacking industry? <laughs> Fucking soulless ghouls. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, yeah. So to continue on this, have you ever read the book, The Jungle by Upton Sinclair? No. 
Oh, boy. So to give a really fast cliff notes, I tell a dark view of the meat of the meatpacking industry in like turn of the century Chicago. Basically, like this uh, Lithuanian dude, he moves over to, to Chicago to follow the American dream. He finds a job in a meatpacking industry and he almost fucking dies multiple times. He gets like tuberculosis. He gets like a finger cut off. His wife gets raped by his boss. It, it, it's a fucked up book. Like, it's so bad. Oh, God. And that's like where like, he gets his finger cut off. Um, that's actually a number of scenes because this actually fucking happened. This story, it's like a tr- based on a true. It's based on true events that Upton Sinclair saw because he was an investigative journalist, like one of like the first ones in turn of the century. Because he's like, um, like he saw what was happening to these immigrants and was like, I got to look into this. Right. So like he went to some of these packing plants. He saw what was happening and he kept seeing this happen. It's Chicago winter. If you don't know anything about Chicago winter, it's fucking cold. Like it is like numb your yeah. soul cold. So if, and so if you're working with blood and guts and your hands are wet and cold all the time, they go numb and you stop feeling your hands. Right. Mm. And like, yeah, you know, you know, you, you can still use a knife or you can still like grab things with hooks because you just make a fist and that's it. Um, isn't podcasting a great, a great medium to show people like visual <laughs> things? Um, <laughs> the best. It's the best. And so because it's that fucking cold and their fingers go numb, they were getting their fucking fingers cut off and they wouldn't even notice till it's like three pigs away. Jeez. Yeah. Cause it's like, you know, like a pro tip for any outdoor adventure people. If you ever go in the snow and something happens to you, um, pack a snow around it till it goes numb. Great anesthetic. Oh, all right. Well, there you go. Yeah. You um, heard it here yeah. first. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, so it's like a lot of this ground meat and sausages and hot dogs, they had human fucking meat in it because people were getting their shit cut off and no one would notice. This is oh like, my this God. is a hundred thousand percent true. This is Sweeney Todd over here in fucking Chicago. Yeah. Honestly, Sweeney Todd was slightly based off of what was happening in these fucking meatpacking plants. Oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> it's not great. And so like, um... Uh, Sinclair's point of this book was to like show the world like this is what's fucking actually happening this is what this industry does to people and this is what's happening to migrants and so I, I really want to get your thoughts on this next quote because it is rather telling so this quote comes from a history write up in a, uh, sorry it comes from a quote in the hist- history.com um, publication on December 21st, 2018, by Jesse Greenspan. And uh, just for a little bit of backstory, it's talking about like how this book basically got the USDA to become a thing. Uh, and Roosevelt was president during the time. And uh, he went to like the original US Board of Agriculture and was like, can you look into this man? Like this man's making some fucking wild claims. And I looked into it, it's like, no, he's, you know, he's lying. He's not being serious. Like this is all hyperbole. This is bullshit. He just wants to hurt us. And this is the quote now. Quote, Roosevelt distrusted the, US, the original U.S. Meat Board and its ties to the meatpacking industry. He secretly instructed Labor Commissioner Charles P. Nell and social worker James P. Reynolds to likewise take a look. Nell and Reynolds found that the meat was being, quote, shoveled, uh, sorry, shoveled from filthy wooden floors, piled on tables, rarely washed, pushed from room to room in rotten box carts, all of which Ugh. possesses in the way of gathering dirt, splinters, floor filth, and the expectorants of tuberculosis and other diseased workers, end quote. 
They also observed laborers urinating near the meat and ancient meat being relabeled as new. Ew, dude. What yeah, the it's, fuck? It's so fucked up. <laughs> God. Like, this was actually fucking happening where it's like, you're, you know, like you, you go to the shop, you're having a cookout on a Sunday. You're like, oh, you know, like grab some hot dogs. And you're like, ah, I don't know, man. That's amazing that this guy, one of the first investigative journalists, was he wrote a fictional story based on his actual research because this was, I'm guessing, before like New York Times would call people out and shit like that, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, like he was considered like to be like one of like the first uh, like muckrakers, if you know what that is. Define. Give me a a brush up. Basically, he was going to like shady companies and shady like you know governmental office and being like, "Hey, what the fuck's going on here?" And he's like bringing up like all of like the muck, you know, where he's mm. it's like. He's going down there with the rake and he's finding out the scoop and like, you know, who's fucking who and like who's murdering who and who's getting tuberculosis and then selling, you know, rotten meat is new. Something they actually used to do, too, is they would take this like, you know, like now there's dry aging steaks. That's a whole different thing. That's like zero percent humidity in a very clean room and they wrap it up and they cut off like all like the old bits. Those are mm-hmm. delicious. They weren't doing that. They just had a table full of meat where people piss and shit, and they just leave it there. Uh, and then they're like, ah, fuck, we, gotta, we forgot to sell lot 14. Oh, what, the one with the maggots in it? Y'all just pick them out. Ugh, gross. Yeah. Good job. Good job, dude. What was this author's name again? Upton Sinclair. Upton it's a, Sinclair. It's we a, have him to thank. Thanks, Upton Sinclair. You're a fucking lunatic. I'm not going to tell people because I want people to like, enjoy the mystery. Everyone should look into Upton Sinclair because he did start almost a cult. Okay, well, fuck. <laughs> yeah, that's all the explanation you people are getting. Look it up yourself. <laughs> I will be looking that up. <laughs> it's a wild, it's a fucking wild story. <laughs> all right. And so this style of um, worker treatment still continues to this day in northern, in northern New York, of all places, with Mexicans. Uh, in my home state, that shit happens as well. In Washington State, there, I just, I never heard about this until COVID when they all had to work through COVID. But there's a lot of towns with a lot of Mexican migrants and native workers, oh, yeah. indigenous folks who were, are just treated like shit and throughout COVID were not given safe working conditions. Oh, God, no. And like, I mean, more with like, uh, like obviously without COVID, but like also, the way that ICE treats them as well, where it's like New York and I, I can't speak about Washington because I don't know. So please help me out if you know any more information. For New York, they go up to northern New York. There's a lot of dairy farms and finding people to work a dairy job. It's a fucking hard job. You're shoveling shit. You're getting kicked in the face by cows. You have to like help birth cows and then re-get them pregnant. Like it's a horrible job and it does not pay mm. very well. Like, it pays decent for, like, U.S. wages, but most people don't want to shovel shit for $14 an hour, you know? But Mexicans yeah. are willing to do it because that's 14 bucks an hour. That is 280 pesos there, where the average wage is about 200 pesos a day, $10 a day, and then they're going to make 14 bucks in an hour. They're willing to do it because they go, they go up to the U.S. for, like, a year, make a bunch of money, go back home, start a business. That's how it works. Yeah, it's just supposed to be like a transitional job. 
Yeah, exactly. It's like gets you enough money to do what you want to do and then you fuck off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and ICE just keeps deporting them. <laughs> and they're like, they go to the dairy farmer, they find them a fuck ton of money. They are deporting people in the middle of the fucking night and often not even telling anybody. So they're like, they're just disappearing fucking workers. Oh dear. So the people who run the dairy farm are probably like, where'd our, where'd our buddies go? Yeah. Well, I mean, like they know what fucking happened because in the, in the morning ice comes and is like, we found a bunch of undocumented workers sleeping in your barn. You want to explain <laughs> that? And it's like, yeah, no one wants to work this horrible job. So I got mm-hmm. people who are willing to work it. Fuck you guys. Damn. No, and like some are good, some are bad. I can't speak for all of them. But it's just frustrating as well because the U.S. government does subsidize the dairy industry as well, but then they also kick out all the workers. So it's like, well, what are you supposed to do? You don't buy it for enough. You don't give me enough money to make this work. I can't buy robots. That's too expensive to have this shit work. What am I supposed to do? Jeez, what a mess. Yeah, how do you like my show so far? It's pretty fun, right? (laughs) I'm just, it's, it's tough because it's like, well, I mean, we could talk for days about the shit that's fucked up about the world, but here's yeah. just one little, one little corner of it. Yeah, it's, I like to do a slice at a time because it's like, you know, like if you, have to, if you have to eat a shit pie, you'd rather like, you know, break it up a little bit, right? Yeah, get one slice at a time. One slice at a time. Speaking of slices, oh God. we have to take an ad break. <laughs> Uh, yeah, please listen to these products of goods and services. Hopefully it's for, uh, I don't know, country crock dairy products. Go fuck yourself. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Have fun. Ads. <laughs> we here at Country Croc yes. believe in ethical farming. Treatment of CEOs. Oh, we're back. How are those good country crock ads? I don't actually know. They're randomly slotted. Um, they could be country crock. They could not be. <laughs> it's all based on like your age, gender, and location. So we'll see. Anyway, what do you know about Brazil? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brazil, I know they're great at football. I know they probably have bomb food. They do. Their steaks are really good. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> So that's about all I know. Yeah. So what do you know about their president, João Bolsonaro? Nothing. He's based, he's what Trump wants to be. Oh, God. Yeah, he actually went on record and said, on national television, mind you, that if he ever had a girl, like, like a baby girl, like as a child, he would throw her in the river. What year did he say this? Not that it makes any difference. 
2017, after, he was already elected at this point, so it didn't matter. He's like, fuck it. Holy shit, ew. Yeah, he's a, he's a real piece of shit. Um, and uh, there's so many things about Jarbo Sonero. Uh, I actually do urge people to look into him as a person because he's a fucking maniac. And also to make more context, but like why I say like it's what Trump wants to be, but he can't because he's too much of a bitch. Um, this guy's actually smart in the sense that he's su- as successful at being a total douche rocket. Oh yeah, oh he's real good at it. Um, especially because him and the government and a couple of uh, cattle corporations, which I'm not going to name because I like not being sued. Are in essence stealing money from the Brazilian people to prop up the government and to and to profit off the clear cutting of the Amazon. Damn. I really wish everyone at home could see your face right now. It's just like a a <laughs> ghastly look of like, what is happening? Why did I do this? <laughs> this is why I'm alone. I told the stoner chicks were busy today, but I was like, I don't know what I'm getting myself into, so. <laughs> you guys can have a nice day and I'll do the meat packing thing. <laughs> well, again, I do appreciate you coming on. I also oh, yeah. hope you smoke a fat spliff after this. I'm actually going out on the town after this. Oh, my um, God. Okay, so it's like, yeah. what, like 10.45 p.m. there? It is 9.49 on the dot. Damn, I was almost good at math. Yeah. Hell yeah. But hey, <laughs> hey, hey, I don't support math on this podcast. You know this. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> okay, so um, all of this information is going to come from two sources. Uh, the first is a study performed by the Instituto Escuelas. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm saying that like a Spanish person. I apologize, Portuguese, uh, as a language, <laughs> the concept. Not to Brazilian government. They can go fuck themselves. Uh, which the Instituto is a uh, Sao Paulo-based organization. And it looks at the, the sustainability issues through an economic lens. And they did the study in 2020. Uh, the other is a write-up in the Manga Bay, which is a sorry, ecological paper. Uh, the uh, write-up was done on the 26th of May, 2020 by Nara uh, Hoffmeister. So basically, the Brazilian beef industry is one of their biggest industries. It makes the most amount of money in their economy. It provides people with the most amount of jobs, especially in like really rural areas. And they mainly sell to the U.S., China, and Hong Kong. Fuck you, China. They're different places. I'll do one, but it doesn't matter. Okay. So currently, the Brazilian meat industry has been reported to be worth 6 billion reals, or roughly 1.1 billion U.S. dollars. Yeah, it's a lot of fucking money. Whoa. Okay. Jeez. Mm, and the Amazon rainforest is in Brazil, and that's it's, what oh, I hear oh, about. Oh, how it's how on fire? It's... Yeah, my vegan friends are mad at this Yeah, whole which, I mean, it's I a very that. fair thing to be mad at, especially because the tax revenue yeah. from the clear-cutting of the rainforest and from the meat industry contributes uh, roughly $3 billion U.S. dollars or $15.1 billion for, uh, Brazilian reals a year. So this is like, this is what their economy is relying on. Basically, and it's like the more they clear cut, the more beef they can raise and the more rich assholes get money because only 20 cents for every dollar goes to the society that the Brazilians live in. Oh, yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, who's getting all yep. the money? And- Just... The government? The producers. The producers, okay. 
Well, I mean, of course, the government, like, they're, they're taking that fucking tax money to boost their own salaries through different ways. And so, like, okay, if it's going to the producers, that's probably good, right? It's, like, going to the ranchers, it's going to the workers on these ranches, it's going to different transportation companies. It's not. Mm. So where's it going? The corporations that own all of these things, making money off the Brazilian rainforest, getting cut down and raising beef on it. Motherfuckers. Yeah, hey, Wendy's needs their fucking dollar hamburger. Oh, so Wendy's is getting their hamburgers from Brazil? I don't know if it's Wendy's per se, but it's a lot of these guys. I can't say that it's Wendy's. That's more of a joke, but, like, it, it's, it's McDonald's, it's Wendy's, it's Burger King. Like, it's all these different people who are like, hey, I'm going to sell you a dollar hamburger. First of all, that shouldn't be possible. Mm-hmm. It's a dollar, which means they still make profit margin after paying people to produce the things they need, buying those things, transporting those things, people cooking those things, people selling those things, the packaging, and the marketing. Jeez. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, maybe think about the next time you get a hot and spicy. Unless you're fucked up, in which case, you got five of them. <laughs> but Parker, so, what about my corn yeah. dogs? <laughs> 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 oh, no, don't worry. Corn dogs are mostly made in China. So it's fine, right? Are they really? I don't know. Where are my corn dogs coming from? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe look, just look that up when you're not smoking because you're like, like, we got to burn them all. We got to get rid of all of them. <laughs> Take them down. Yeah. And so just as I think this is an interesting um, little tidbit here, the average uh, cattle rancher in Brazil only makes 30,000 reals a year or about $5,000. Really? Yeah, per year. 5000 Like These are the guys doing the work, and they make like 5000 bucks. That's about it. Whoa, that is not enough. It's not enough. It's like less than $200 a month. Because their work is the only way those rich fuckers make anything. Pretty much. Oh, God. <laughs> and, of course, there is the ecological cost. Yay! Burr, 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 burr. I can't afford real air horns yet, so people, please give me money. Um, <laughs> How much does an air horn cost, Parker? You can't afford an air horn. I bet they're at Party well, City for five bucks. <laughs> well, they're actually free because it's just an audiophile, but like, <laughs> if you, it's not the point here. You blew an actual air horn in your apartment right now. Jesus your Christ. mic would blow <laughs> out. I moved in today. <laughs> Yeah, your new neighbors. <laughs> yeah. Hey, guys, doing, yeah, why are you doing an air horn? Oh, I do a podcast. Don't worry about it. Okay. Uh, yeah. Also, listeners, Kayla here, she's hugging her knees. So I'm, we're getting to a real dark point of the episode. I'm here. rocking in a fetal position right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, you know what's even better? That, uh, that instituto that did that study also looked at the ecological impact of Brazil to stop deforestation and switch to more carbon friendly practices. And what they found is that it would have zero growth. It would have zero effect on the growth of the industry. It would only cost the people, like the corporations that are like, own these ranches, more money. That's it. Quote from that. Uh, to quote from the article that cited this study. Quote: Institute, uh, Instituto Scolaras. I'm sorry, I said it different times, different way. Has shown in a previous study that a zero deforestation policy could have no impact on cattle farming. Such a policy would not impede its growth, and even if the land being used is already disforested, and if best agricultural, uh, sorry, agricultural practices are followed, end quote. Okay, so it wouldn't even help if, well, would it help no, the environment? It, yeah, no, that, yeah, like, 
It would only cost them like a little bit more money, and that's it. Well, then they should just fuck, suck it up and do it. Yeah, because it's like, um, do you remember like when Amazon lit on the entire Amazon lit on fire? Yeah, remember, that, remember how that happened like ten years ago? <laughs> sort um, of. It's all a blur. It feels like it. <laughs> it's all a fucking blur. <laughs> the so first off, the president Bolsonaro blamed it on it, on environmentalists. Oh, <laughs> to make them look bad. That's that's what he said. Most people found that's not true. What happened from the best of my understanding is that the Brazilian corporations that are doing these clear cuts are just burning the fucking forest. Okay. Instead like, of cutting. They just make like a fire line and say, fuck it, let's burn it. And then it's like burn down the forest and that's it. That's all that they do. What, and so no lumber industry? Like they don't want to. There's a little bit, but the problem is that like a lot of it's like jungle. So it's not really like really lumber. Like it's not like pine or oak or like nice. It's not nice wood. It's new growth. It's a lot of vines, a lot of random plants, a lot of animals, like things that the corporations don't want and don't need or can't use. It's a mixture of all of those things. So they just say, fuck it. Where's the napalm? Oh, those poor animals that live in the jungle. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um... How you doing so far? I'm doing fine. <laughs> it just gets more and more infuriating. It's like it's fucked up yeah. on every level. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like it just it just doesn't stop. It just keeps going and going and going until we look at what people are doing. Okay. What are they doesn't doing? work, by the way. <laughs> so, obviously, the easiest way to solve this problem is just to stop eating meat, right? Yeah. Like, if, if you're a believer in free, in free market economics, if you stop buying a product, the supply will go... The, if, if the demand goes down, supplies goes down, and eventually these companies creating the supply will go out of business because there's no money left in it. Mm -hmm. That's the easiest way. However, something that I have noticed a lot throughout my travels is that meat is a really important source of food for a lot of people. It's an important source of protein. It's an important source of fats. And yes, there are ways to get around it. There's fake meats. There's a lot of different like veggie options for people. But when you make $100 a month and buying enough veggies to feed your family would be $80 or buying enough meat to feed your family would be $10, it's not that hard to figure out. Obviously, it's a problem of economics, not a problem of human choice. Mm -hmm. But it's like, what are you supposed to do? Go to these, you know, starving people and be like, go fuck yourself on the meat. Yeah. We eat veggie star. We have too many people on the planet that are too dependent on it at this point, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And there is lab-grown meat, kind of. Oh, yeah. That could become a big thing. I'm guessing that would be for the Western world. It's a lot of labs. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, because it's like, well, okay, currently, if, if you want like a six and a half ounce steak, which is rather small if you think about it, like, because you know, like most T bones, are like eight or nine ounces, it's about 100 grams for the international listeners. It's currently $10 to make 6.5 ounces, and that's cost. It's not what people would sell it for. Oh, God. So our steaks would just be twice as expensive. Twice, they're three times more expensive. And also, most of the world doesn't have that kind of infrastructure, right? Because like, you need trained scientists who know how to take the right kind of biopsies of certain stem cells from these specific animals in a specific place in their body, and then they need to take these stem cells, and then they need to culture it in a lab. And yes, it is getting cheaper, 
but where are you getting all those raw materials? Are you gonna have enough meat to feed somebody? Not to have someone be like, oh, I'm gonna get a steak tonight, going out on date night, woo woo woo. No, I mean like this is your staple food. Like this is what keeps you alive. And most of, in really like poorer parts of the world, like seriously developing, I don't really like that word, so I wanna go with the global south for right now. They still use ketamine as an anesthesia for surgeries because they don't have reliable access to electricity. Oof. They're just K-holing it. <laughs> oh, that sucks. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, so it's like, what's next? How do you do this? You know, it's like, yeah, it's the right thing to cut this meat and dairy consumption, but what do we tell people that are trying to put food on the table for themselves, their families, or, you know, for anybody? What, go fuck themselves? Oh, man, I don't have all the answers. I don't know. It sounds like we're, like, really dependent on this way of life. Yeah, it's, um... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. What do you think could be done to solve these problems? Oh, my God. You think some stoner comedian from Seattle, Washington's going to say how, how we can get ourselves out of this? I'm no expert. I mean, I guess people can, you know, decrease their meat consumption. That's yeah. one thing they can do. Like you said, if we... If we made ourselves less dependent on it, less less demand, maybe. But then would it become more expensive for folks who really rely on it? Or yeah, that's. I mean, that's the question. I don't. Right? Oh man, I don't fucking know, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. It's all just so oh, fucked up. Maybe we should just fly to yeah. Mars and just start over. Uh yeah, you know I'm thinking more into the sun. Okay, um, <laughs> like ah, we gotta we gotta scratch this draft, guys. This is garbage. The sun will get us before we can get to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's fucked. Everything's fucked. <laughs> Everything's, Everything's fucked. fucked. <laughs> Everything's fucked. Fuck. 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 Wow. Bomb. Yay. Thank you for I I love anybody who can throw in a little musical number. That's always fun. I'm a big fan. <laughs> Anytime. As a tradition on this show, before we roll into my solution, we need a little bit of backstory. We need to listen a little bit more information, right? And I would like to remind everybody at home listening that this is satire. This is supposed to be fucked up. This is a joke. And if you don't realize that, stop listening to my show. That's on you. Not my problem. It's okay. Uh, that legal disclaimer out of the way. There are a billion articles and papers about how much food and land is used just to feed the animals that we eat. Currently, it's roughly 77 to 80% of all land used like for farming for agriculture is used to grow feed, according to our world and data, right? It's like all this land that we're using is to make food for animals, not for ourselves. Okay. Okay, and it's often argued that we only need 20% of all farming land to feed everybody if we only ate plants and only had a little bit of dairy products, right? Like a little bit of milk, a little bit of cheese, a little bit of butter and whatnot, right? Mm -hmm. However, I will be damned if people stop eating meat because the world's on fire or some bullshit. Because the world's on fire, so let's enjoy our, enjoy our meat? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> Basically, and also we just the the intro of this episode. We're like, fuck. I mean, like, veal's good, you know, baby cow flesh. Ooh, that shit hit. Okay, <laughs> so for this week's modern proposal, 
it's going to be kind of an easy one, honestly. We're going to have to regulate the meat and dairy industry similar to getting a prescription drug. Okay? When you go to the supermarket and you want to get a pound of chicken, rack of ribs, big old steak, you're going to have to show a prescription or license is a better way to think about this, right? And so now how do you get the license? Simple question, right? Uh, yes. <laughs> it's pungent curiosity. <laughs> so we're going to do this in an interesting way, all right? You can get a one or five-year license. However, to get this license, you will need to sacrifice someone or someones in your family to be killed, slaughtered, and then ground up into feed to feed the animals that we love to consume. <laughs> so pick your, your, your creepiest uncle and yes. sacrifice him for your meat consumption. Okay. Yes. Was he, a, what, was he the leader of your Boy Scouts? Well, he's going in the grinder. <laughs> you will get an equal number of pounds per year depending on how much your family weighs. So hopefully that creepy uncle is also a fat motherfucker. Mm -hmm. And while, you know, you're going to be eating good for a while if he's like 300 pounds, you know, that's 300 pounds of fucking meat. Like, that's, that's good. <laughs> also, think about the freezer industry. That shit would be, you know, that shit would be bussing. <laughs> and so now this one is going to get some people fucking mad. But like, let's be real here. There's 30,000 babies born a day across the world. How the fuck are we supposed to feed 30,000 babies? If you want to buy baby animal flesh, well, then you're going to have to give up a couple of babies. It's only fair that we give our babies for their babies, you know? Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, really, it depends on how you view animals if they feel like they're less important than humans. If you feel like it's yeah. equal and you still want to make veal and lamb, then you have mm -hmm. to give up some babies. You're going to have to give up some babies. And, like, they're fatty bastards, all right? Like, they could feed a whole bunch of fish, you know? <laughs> oh, no. and, and I can already hear people are thinking, how the fuck would cows eat a human? A, they do sometimes, but they shouldn't. However, you, the people at home, you guys aren't thinking big enough. Because what else eats meat that we, that we also eat? Mm. Dogs and cats? No, people already do that. That wouldn't be part of this. Um, no, I mean dogs and cats <laughs> eat meat. Oh, yo, dogs and cats do eat meat. <laughs> but what I'm saying is people already eat them, so that's like, eh, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> however, fish also eat meat. And oddly enough, most of, like, the fish feed that we give fish is made of fish. Fish eating fish. The dog-eat-dog yep. world out there, Parker. It's a, yeah, it's <laughs> dog eat it's, it's, it's really a fish-eat-trash-fish world. <laughs> It's usually like, like the disease or like fucked up fish. We just like grind up into a paste and turn it into fish feed. And that's what we feed like salmon and whatnot. Just like Chicago in the early 1900s. We were just feeding yeah, we're just, humans. We're just, <laughs> to humans. Yeah, it's simple, right? Um, and now also, I think this is where people got to think about this, right? Okay, like we're feeding people to animals. What's the hardest thing to eat? Which is carnivores. Because... You need a lot more meat to make for them to put on meat. So, like, if it's, for example, you know, you want to eat a tiger ethically, you're going to need 10 kilos of cow meat to get one kilo of tiger meat. So, 10 kilos of human, you get to eat tiger now. And it's completely ethical. Oh, shit. This is some Carol Baskin type shit right here. Yeah. You know what? I'm not going to give Carol all the credit. This is some tiger. I'm not giving Carol this shit. She murdered her husband. Well... You know what? The um, let's not get into it. 
Yeah, I think Netflix is already doing that. Did you uh, watch season I, two of Tiger King? I have not watched season two yet. I've been a busy motherfucker trying to write like five scripts and do work. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so now, right, we're thinking like, how is this going to, like, what is this going to solve? Yeah, we're feeding people the animals. That kind of cuts down on our land usage to feed other animals. But like, what else? A, because people, you know, it lowers the job market. Wages go up because there's less people to do the jobs that people don't want to do, right? So it's like, well, now, hey, you want me to be on the human grinder? I'm going to need about 30 bucks an hour there, champ, and benefits. We're also going to get rid of some of our aging population who only take from our society. <laughs> what do they do? Give us wisdom or lovely cookies? Fuck no. They don't make money? They don't just... Nope, I'm not going to go there. That's a little bit too far. <laughs> this is some... Sorry, aging people. This is some ageist... This is some ageist shit over here, Parker. It's abs... It's abs... Well, hey, you know what? The Spanish boomers who you will never find my show who called me my Spanish Mexican, go fuck yourself. You're going in the grinder, all right? <laughs> I'm going I'm to I'm eat a farm sockeye salmon from your bones. Okay, so... We're going to lower emissions because there's less people on the planet. We're going to boost the economy because people have more money to spend now. We're going to get off some of our most complaining and entitled piece of our population, and there's going to be less babies to feed. What are your thoughts on this modern proposal? So your modern proposal is just like kind of chain cannibalism? In a way. Well, we were, if you eat a hot dog, you've already done it. So. Oh, yeah. my mm. God. My corn, my <laughs> corn dogs. No. <laughs> corn dogs. <laughs> um, well, damn, Parker. You know, I think there's, there's worse ideas out there than just, I mean, we go to war. We kill each other that way, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe instead of wars. Just skip a step. <laughs> instead of wars, we'll just feed ourselves to the tigers and all will be well. Yeah, and like all I'm saying is, I'm I'm looking at you, Gordon Ramsay. I want that fucking tiger fillet. <laughs> I don't think that's gonna happen for you unless you do some black market, unregulated type shit. Yeah, probably, but you know, well, hey, ether, yeah, in the ether reality, there's no laws, only claws. Kayla, do you want to plug your pluggables? Because that's the episode today. <laughs> yes, check out Stoner Chicks podcast if you like. Uh, Weed, feminism, comedy, uh, if you like just random chatting, feeling like you're hanging with your girls, smoking a blunt, that's Stoner Chicks Podcast for you. You can find us at stonerchickspodcast.com, on Instagram at stonerchickspodcast, and on Twitter at stonerchickspod. Hell yeah. Um, if you want to find me on Twitter, you can find uh, uh, my personal account at Parker J. Wright's. You can also find the pod and uh, on Twitter and Instagram at modern underscore proposal. I do have a personal Instagram, but you got to find that yourself. I'm not giving you guys everything. <laughs> if you want to uh, read the show notes, they will be on my website at parkerjameswriting.com. That is just my name with the word writing onto it. Uh, you can also read some of my short fiction, some of my blog posts, uh, you know, just whatever your heart's content is. If you want to support the show, you can go on buymeacoffee.com, look up my show, Modern Underscore Proposal, and you can send me money, and I'll keep ruining people's days just for you lovely people. <laughs> I also have a merch store, right? So if you want a shirt that has a machete dual wheel, sorry, a shark dual wielding machetes, <laughs> it could be yours. 
Vine, it can be yours. Have I not looked closely enough at your logo? I thought no, it, you have not. I thought it was no, my, like a guillotine. My logo's a guillotine. My logo's a guillotine. Okay, I, I um, thought it was a guillotine. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, and, and you know, you, you want that on a shirt. You want that on a hoodie. You want that on uh, a coffee mug. It can be yours. All you got to do, tpublic.com forward slash modern underscore proposal. It's also on my website and on my Twitter if you have not found it. And lastly, you need to go listen to my book of short stories that I am recording myself and releasing. If you like my voice, you like fucked up travel stories, go check out a yellow sun hat and other stories wherever you find your podcasts. Um, you want to have an A-tunnel scream before we roll out of this? <laughs> an A-tunnel scream? What does that mean? <laughs> Thanks for having me, Parker. Thanks, Kayla. Hope I didn't ruin your day too much. Okay, bye, everybody. That's the episode. Bye. This podcast was satirically written and produced by me, Parker James. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods casted. The song you're currently listening to is called Jank Jazz by a wonderful band called 3 for 20. The music is also on Spotify. New episodes of this podcast, a modern proposal, will drop every single Monday. So listen, follow, and be sad.